0: It's a deck cast, it's a deck cast, it's a deck cast, the
1: ACCC because I say it, it's a deck cast, it's a deck cast, it's a deck cast, deck cast, the
0: You're listening to datcast produced by students of Danville community College.
2: Welcome back to DATCast. I'm Erin Anderson. And I'm Landon Frazier. Our mission with DATCast is to create a platform that's made for students and created by students. We want you all to become a little bit more familiar with the faces you see every day here at deck.
0: With that being said, we are so excited to bring you today's episode.
2: We are here today with Kathy Hunter, and we are so excited to have you on the show today. And we want to give people a little bit more, or an opportunity to learn a little bit more about you, so...
1: Well, for, thank you. Thank you. Would nice you speaker. mind
0: introducing yourself and then telling us what your role is here at DAC?
1: Uh, my name is Kathy Hunter. Uh, a lot of people probably know me as Kathy Franklin. I just got married a couple years ago. Uh, I teach applied computer science here at DAC.
2: Um, what does a normal day look like for you here?
1: <laughs> um, well, I teach a lot of classes. Uh, I am the only applied computer science teacher at the time. Um, so, a normal day for me, I'm in the classroom from pretty much solid from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. And then I go home and I change clothes and I work for another four or five hours a night. But, um, so I do a lot of hybrid classes. So when the students are there, they're, they're there for an hour. So I'll have like a class like at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And then I do College Express every afternoon.
2: Um, so what does computer science consist of? Like what is that actually?
1: So, um, you know, there's, there's a big misconception. So that is why my degree says applied computer science. So it's different than computer science like at the U of I at the U of I if you study computer science it's pretty math intensive you know they do a lot of the theories a lot of the data structures a lot of the algorithms you know they're the ones who might be creating the, the computer languages so applied computer science is taking those languages that someone has already written and making things with them so um so my degree it consists of programming classes web design classes and database classes and we've also added some electives for um robotics and for um 3D design so What are some of the things that students learn in these classes?
0: So like web design or robotics, for example, like what do you do in those classes?
1: Well, um, so in the programming classes, you know, it's kind of interesting because um, if you go to like Indiana State or somewhere, you might learn one language for four years. So in my degree, they're going to learn, I'll I'll just list them, Java, C++, Python, JavaScript, HTML, CSS, PHP, MySQL, SQL. So they're learning a lot. Um, So the, I would say the most important thing they're learning, and this is what I'm getting from the people who are looking at my students as, pr- as prospective employees, um, is learn how to think, how to problem solve, how to take a, you know, because here's the thing, when you program a computer, it's going to do exactly what you tell it to do. So if you can't solve the problem yourself, if you can't solve it on paper, there's no way you can tell the computer to solve it. So they do learn a lot of, a lot of you know, critical thinking skills. So, um, and I think probably the most important thing they learn in two years is confidence. Because they come in thinking, there's no way I can do this. And then they'll look back and say, oh, my God, look what I've made. So, awesome.
2: Um, Do you want to tell us a little bit about your um, education career? We see that you went to the University (laughs) of West Georgia for Applied Computer Science for your master's. Do you want to just talk a little bit about how you got to where you are today?
1: Um, I started at DAC when I was 37. I lost my job. Um, I was a single mom of three kids. I lost my job. Um, This is an interesting DAC story because... I lost my job like two days after Labor Day, and I thought, okay, if I don't do this now, I'm never gonna do this. I came to DAC, I had a list of the classes I wanted to take. I honestly flipped a coin between accounting and computers because they, you know, so I I picked computers. Um, I went to advising, and they're like, this is the third week of class, you can't sign up. So um, I went over, I knew Jeff Wise, I just knew who he was, because he's from Hobson, I'm from Mm Hobson. I didn't know him very well, and I went over to him and I explained my situation, and um, Jeff took me around to every teacher that I wanted to take a class from and talked them into letting me sign up late. So had he not done that for me, I never would be where I am today. So I actually did the, um, my associates is in computer networking from Jeff, and at the time it was Sherry Wagaman. And then I went straight from there and did the 2 plus 2 that DAC has with Southern for information technology. I was actually the first DAC graduate to do the 2 plus 2 with Southern. So I did that degree online and I went back into the workforce. Um, and then when I came to DAC, um, I had students who started asking me questions that I couldn't answer. So I, you know, so it prompted me to go back and get my master's. So I did my master's. I had started my master's at, uh, the University of Colorado at Denver and it was awful (laughs) and it was outdated and it was a lot of fluff and I wanted to learn code. I wanted to learn more code. So I got halfway through, and my boss is like, you don't want to switch, you don't want to waste that time. But, you know, I wanted to get something out of it. So I searched and I searched, and um, the one at University of West um, Georgia, it was nothing but coding for six solid um, semesters. So I learned so much, and I had such great teachers. But I did it online as well. And it did. It, it, just, it, it just made me a better teacher.
0: That's awesome. Why did you choose the University of West Georgia? So you said you started at like Colorado. So mm-hmm. how did you like make that drastic change?
1: Um, actually, I did. I went out to U.S. News and World Reports and I searched, you know, the like the top 10 online programs for what I was wanting to study. And, and that's how I chose them. Awesome.
2: Why did you cho- why did you return back to DAC to teach after you?
1: Well, that was funny um, at the time. So I, I taught here one year part time first. Um, At the time I worked for, at the time it was called Clifton Gunderson, now it's called Clifton Larson Allen, I I did IT work for them. Um, They needed a part-time instructor at night for C++. And um, Bruce um, Rape was the dean then, he was the dean when I was here, and he asked me to teach part-time and he asked me, and I'm like, I don't know C++, he says, oh, you'll figure it out. He said, "Just just stay a chapter ahead of everybody. So and I had so much fun and then um, the following year um, I actually interviewed here for a full-time job doing something totally different. I, it, it's in the group that's now called Institutional Research. I had interviewed for a data job there and um, Dave Kitsman, who was the Vice President at the time called me and said you, you know you did really really well in the interview but I'd really like for you to hold off because we have a faculty job coming open. And so the faculty job came open and I really struggled with it because leaving my job and and this is what most people in our building do when they leave industry they take a pay cut to teach Um, when I left that job the difference in the pay there and at DAC was $18,000 a year wow but they convinced me that I would make it up you know in overload and everything and that I and you know and the reason I left because that was a big leap of faith you know to take a big pay cut like that but what I found in the jobs I had, because I worked at Walgreens, and I worked at Clifton Gunderson, um, when you work in industry, lots of times, what you do is all about the bottom line, about making money. And <clears throat> at DACA, it, it's not about the bottom line. It's about making a difference instead of making money. So. Kind of shifting over to all
0: the jobs that you talked about. We did a deep dive search on the internet, so we found yeah, out all these. it's amazing how much is out there
1: that you found. Yes.
0: Okay. Out of all the jobs that you've had over the years, would you say that your time
1: at DAC has been the most impactful for you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I tell my kids all the time, because I started here at 47, I said I didn't find the, my dream job until I was 47. I love my job. I love what I teach. I love what I do. I love that it matters. I love the relationship I build with my students. Um, yeah i do i, I love my job I, I i told dr Bridges that i probably am dac's biggest cheerleader so all, all three of my kids are DAC graduates so it's awesome it kind of answers our next question yeah. but <laughs> um, so what do you think
2: you've gained from your time here at DAC as a student and as
1: a yeah, teacher it, yeah you know i think the most important thing i've gained is um that we have to make sure people feel comfortable in their own skin that they're comfortable with what their interests are, they're comfortable with who they are, you know, anything, gender, you know, sexual preferences, everybody needs to be comfortable in their own skin and like who they are and do what they want to do. Um, I do think that uh, there's a big misconception about like, um, in our building we do a lot of what they call CTE, career and technical education, um, that people just go do a two year degree and go to work. But many, many people, Dylan Hahn is a really good example, he's a board member, you know, he started out as CTE, and then it, it gave him the confidence to go on and get a bachelor's, and then now he's working on his master's at the U of I. So lots of times, it, that's a big misconception that that's where you stop, where it really does just begin. We have a lot of people in our building who have higher. It's it's a it's a misconception that because we teach career and technical education that we are not higher educated, and, and almost everybody in our building has at least a, a bachelor's or a master's. So, um, but I I think that's it is um, to to be yourself. And to do what, because if you do something someone else wants you to do, you're just not going to be happy at it. And, and I like, I think for what I teach, the best part about it is I get those kids, I can tell, I can walk into a room and we get the College Express kids, I can almost pick out who my students are. Because they'll be the ones sitting like this trying not to get noticed. You know, they're going to be the shy ones, the ones that, you know, that just haven't maybe fit somewhere else before. And the, the, the way they blossom in two years, is just crazy. I mean, the confidence they build, and, they, and, and they're like, hey, I'm okay, and what I like to do is okay. You know, for example, when I recruit, um, you know, I ask for the gamers because gamers tend to be good programmers. You know, I also make it very clear that they have to work before they game. <laughs> but, um, you know, there, there's a lot of research about why gamers make good programmers, you know, where those kids, you know, maybe before have been made to feel like they're odd or weird. You know, there's a lot of rich nerds out there that were weird in high school. Definitely. So.
2: How does applied computer technology apply to everyday life, and how can one
1: benefit from taking your class? You know, that's a really good question, because even if you don't want to be a programmer, right, um, any job you do, we all know or computers are everywhere, yeah. and, and I see the day coming where um, computer science at least one semester is going to be a requirement for almost every degree because if you want to be in accounting if you want to be in business if you want to be in industry the more you learn about you know how to do things other than even not just office stuff like for example um, every year we have every department has what we'll call advisory council meetings where industry comes in and helps us with our curriculum helps us keep it current um, even manufacturing is, is coming and saying they need people to to help with their data. They have all this data, you know, that they can't manipulate and gain any good information from. So um, everybody could, and, and I see it too, I, uh, my Intro to C++ class is actually listed as an elective on the, you know, for the tra- the general um, transfer degree and the general studies degree. So I get a lot of students who will come in to take it as an elective, and they'll find out they love it more than they thought. I've had so many people that, if I can get them in, I can get them to switch kind of thing. Um, but, it's one of those things you don't know if you like it until you try it. But it just, it, if anything, it teaches you um, how to problem solve. And I tell people that you know, they think that the most important skill you can have for programming is to be a math nerd. And that, that for what I teach, it is not. I have some really good programmers who hate math. I love math, but... Um, we I, <laughs> I know. I know. I do. I love math. Um, but what, it, what I tell them, the most important quality to have is you can't be someone who gives up because it's going to get the best of you and it's going to be something like a little semicolon or a comma or something stupid but if you're someone who gives up easy and says oh, I can't get this then it's really not it's not what you want to take
2: yeah i i think everyone can benefit i don't know about where you work but at my radio station all of it is done with like programming and yeah. stuff yes. we work at radio yeah. stations right and now. so when we're running a show or something, we have to know how to read all this programming yes. and how to like take out programming. Yeah. And if we take right. out too much, then it ruins the whole broadcast. Right. If yep. you take out, it's a whole it thing. It is. Yeah. It is.
1: It's everywhere, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you think about it. Um, I worked for one summer as an EMT, you know, and they have laptops in there with the yeah. software to plug in the patient information. You know, um, I I, did, I worked at the radio station in Hoopson for a while. Okay, and as did all three of my kids. At, at least at some point, my That's one son worked fine. there ten years. But you're right. I mean, you can't do without it. So yeah. yeah, and especially now, I mean, everything that we do is technology based. Right, and you know, even if you're not a programmer, if you've taken a programming class, right, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it starts to make more sense to you how the applications you use work. Yeah you know, how does Word do this? How does Excel do this? So it kind of makes more sense to you about how they actually work in the background. Do you teach
2: online classes? Every class I teach is available online. Um, how is it, how is it easier to teach it online since it's about Um, computers or is it harder? Uh,
1: you know, that's a, that's a really good question too. Um, when my, everything that my students on campus do, my online students do as well, it's the exact same curriculum. So what my on-campus mm-hmm. students get is they just get more supplemental. You know, I'm there to answer questions, I demonstrate stuff, I might lecture in person, I might, you know, we, we might come up, you know, you know, just come up with an idea we want to try and code. Um, it is harder because I don't get to see that, But you know, when they're in my classroom, I get to see if they're getting it. You know, mm-hmm. when I'm talking I can see if they're glazing over, and, and online I don't know that. So it is harder, um, it's interesting, that I have students who do the entire degree online. My nephew did the entire degree online from Chicago um you know he had the advantage he could text me if he was you know yeah. um it takes a special kind of st- Student to do it all online, but I do try to make sure that I have as many resources. I make videos all the time. I am, I warn them up front. I am not a professional. <laughs> you get my dog barking. You know everything. I don't. that's not the point. The point is I'm showing them stuff, and I don't edit my videos. So, I you know if they don't understand something, I'll just make them a quick video and send it to them. You know, or if I really need to, I'll meet them in Zoom. So when we went remote, 100% remote, um, I was fortunate because of what I teach and. It, I actually almost think that my students got a little bit better because we still met you know we met in Zoom Mm -hmm. and they got more practice because I would put them in breakout rooms and they would code together so they got practice working collaboratively online like you will in the real world so I think for mine they actually got a little bit more from it that's not how I want to do it but it was still very very productive for us.
0: Did you ever think that you would ever return to DAC? So, like, when you were a student there, did you ever think that you would become a teacher here?
1: You know, when I was a student here, I was serious. Because, like I said, um, I, it's a leap of faith. Because mm-hmm. I had three kids, um, you know, you look at your Social Security statements, and it tells you how much you made every year, right? The year I lost my job, this was uh, almost 20 years ago, I, lo- I made um, $80,000. And the next year when I was a student, I made five you know, and th- raising three kids, so it was a leap of faith, so I was just, at, the po- at that point, I was just like, if I can just get the associates done, mm-hmm. and then my best friend, all through high school, um, kept saying, you can do more, you can do more, you can do more, um, so, and when I, the, I did the degree from Southern Online, and so, the, the, you know, no, I never thought I'd be back here, if someone would have told me, if someone would have told me I was going to teach, I would have taken some more teaching classes, you know, if, if, what the thing I would really like to learn more about is the psychology of learning, because that's probably the been the thing is that realization everybody learns so differently Mm -hmm. and that's why I try to structure my classes you know because uh, you know I try to make it for the kids who like to take tests or you know there's tests there's worksheets there's videos you watch a video I mean just all kinds of different learning styles because I have so many different kinds of students
0: yeah
2: you kind of already answered all these questions (laughs) yeah
1: sorry
0: (laughs) you're okay kind of going back I talk a lot did you have
2: any mentors who helped you decide what you wanted to do um or was it all on your own
0: or maybe mentors and like people that encouraged you along the way
1: well you know like i said i wouldn't be here if it wouldn't been for jeff Wise. Mm-hmm. you know that's that's the first um and and my best friend her name is molly miller she um her dad was a board member here many many years ago ed Layden. um you know she really pushed me um and, and i have six brothers and oh, they wow. all push me
2: <laughs> yes wow
1: and my kids my kids really push me my kids you know, they were they were very, very proud of how hard it was to get yeah. where I am. Have you <laughs> sorry? No, well we don't we
2: do you have you been as successful
1: here at DAC as you want to be? Oh no. I mean I'm always striving to do better. You know, every you know, this is this is the cool thing about teaching, especially like like what I do. Every semester you get a chance to do it over and do it better.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah. And every semester, you know, we go through this formal assessment process, you know, for the Higher Learning Commission stuff, and, I, you know, I do what I have to do on that. But every semester I sit down and say, what worked, what didn't. You know, on their final exam, every semester, there's a there's a extra credit question. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like, what you would do different, what worked for you, what didn't work for you. You know, and as I'm grading, I'm just taking notes, saying this is what, I, maybe I need to change this or that. I think that's
0: really... I. Yeah, I wish there were a lot more teachers like that that asked, like, what do you like about this class and what do you think that you should change? I think that that... Well, and you
1: have to make sure that they realize that you're serious. I'm serious, you know, because, you know, I just... Yeah, because
2: sometimes people will put that in their things and then don't do anything with it. No, I I do. I do.
1: I I mean, you know, I adapt, you know. Yeah. um, So... Definitely.
0: So kind of shifting over to your personal life a little bit, what are some of the things
1: that you like to do in your free time? Um, well, I really don't have a lot of free time. It, it's interesting because I'm actually married to a teacher here. Um, oh, wow. We've been married for three years. Um, we've been dating now for, I think it's probably six years since we started dating. And he, told me, he tells me all the time, he says, you know, I, he said, until I lived with you, I had absolutely no idea how much you work. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm lucky that he's very supportive. You know, he doesn't care, you know. You know as long as we talk to each other every now and then. <laughs> um, but I do have two grandkids now. Um, well, actually, I have, I have five because uh, the, the girl my son's engaged to has three kids. So um, so I do have things I want to be doing in my spare time. So yeah. it is my goal not to keep working this hard all the time. Yeah. So, you know, if anybody out there hears this and anybody out there is interested in teaching web design, I am trying to maybe <laughs> think about finding a part-time teacher to help me out to teach the web design stuff. Well, tell us a little bit more about your family. You. Um, Well, my family, my children are the most important thing I will ever do in my life. Um, My son, Ryan, is getting ready to turn 36. He is an emergency room nurse, trauma nurse. Uh, Right now, he's a travel nurse. At this point in time, he's at Peoria. I don't know where he's going next. Um, He was an EMT and a pharmacy tech. So... And then my middle son Kyle is 33 and he's one, he's got a little girl who's two and the girl he's engaged who has three kids and he works at WatchFire and he's a DAC graduate. So Ryan was a DAC nursing graduate. Um, and then my daughter Bryce, um, she just has, she's a little boy, who's gonna be one on Sunday and she's married and she is an x-ray tech at Carl so she, um, she actually started at DAC when I started at DAC. We started together. Awesome. So she graduated. Um, she started full-time at DAC when I started full-time at DAC. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool. Oh, um, yeah. She'd come and have lunch with me every day. And, you know, when you teach at DAC or when you work at DAC, you know there's, there's a tuition waiver for your family. So she got free tuition, and um, she, took, she went seven years at DAC, <laughs> but she got two degrees and two certificates out of it. So she, you know, awesome. it, it yeah. worked very well for her. It okay. just took her that long to figure out what she wanted to do. Yeah.
0: That happens sometimes. Yeah. Now, I have to ask, did you meet your husband here when you I started did. working here? I did. A DAC love story. Yes, love it, it is.
1: It is. I remember the first time I saw him. I remember where he was standing the first time I saw him. It's
2: like a Hallmark movie. I know, yeah. it, it, I know. It, right? And And,
1: you know, it, and the, you know I, I had been divorced 23 years before I got married again, so the fact that I got married again is pretty amazing. Yeah, so more definitely. amazing than the fact that I'm a DAC.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything that your students may not know about you? That you'd like?
1: Oh no, them. they know a lot about me. I talk. <laughs> they know. Um, pretty open. You know, I do. I'm very open with them. We we just had a discussion with the College Express kids yesterday. Um, I had a pretty rough upbringing, you know, and I was talking to them about that. Um, but the point was, um, you you can either carry around baggage that you have, or you can kind of maybe stack on top of it and, and use it as a stepping stone. So um, they all pretty know. They know a lot about me. I'm pretty honest. Yeah. So, Now,
0: I have to say that I think you're the first person that we've had, like, on the show to say that confidence is something that you really try to bring out in your students. Yes. I don't think I've ever heard another teacher say that. Yes,
1: yes. And it is – I see it. It's just it's, – it just – and, and I'm very fortunate. See, uh, my husband doesn't have, like, a, a specific program where he's got the same students for two years, and I see it. I mean, I, ha- I have these students for two years, and they become, they become family, you know, and, yeah. and just the change. is just crazy, the change. That's something
0: that I feel like I've known Landon for two years now, and I feel like both of us have really been that way right. from being here. Right.
2: So. Well, maybe, okay, do you have some long and short-term goals for, that you have for your?
1: Field here at DAC. Yeah. Okay, so um, I turned 57, so that puts me within 10 years of retirement. Wow. So my goal is, uh, in what I teach, I, my, my goal every year is to stay current because mm-hmm. it's going to be hard, you know, and, and my students make fun of me because they, they say, you're kind of old, <laughs> <laughs> you know, how do, how do you, you know. Um, but I do, like, uh, for example, um, teaching Python. Um, I teach Python, and, you know, art, it is the number one language in the country, and Parkland doesn't teach it. You know, um, I'm actually getting ready to, like I have time for this, but it's needed. Um, I'm getting ready to start a postgraduate certificate from Purdue in data analytics. Um, It'll be a six-month program. It'll be Saturday and Sunday mornings, and I'm probably going to hate myself by the time I'm done, but I hope to bring what I'm learning from it and and develop some more new classes here to get into more data analytics. Um, So I guess I would say my long-term goal at DAC is to never be that teacher who gets stale
0: a great goal to have yeah. yeah and i'm headed to purdue after I'm oh done good here. good good so good that's what,
2: exciting what do you hope to accomplish in the lives of your students now i know you've kind of talked on this yeah. but like just you know
1: you know um i tell my students um it doesn't really matter where they go to work just that that, that they find something that they like and that um anything you do any time you earn a wage as long as it's not illegal immoral unethical is something to be proud of right mm-hmm. so um I do, I I am very honest with my students about, with what I teach, um, the job opportunities in Vermillion County, there's not a lot of programmers, but, but, um, next line here in Danville, Kevin Stroud is really good about hiring my students, I'm pretty sure that every employee he has at this point is a DAC graduate, Um, and Hub City Media, um, I don't know if you've heard about them. Are they in Rossville?
0: They are in Rossville. Okay, yes. Um,
1: Hub City came to me, um, the chief operating officer from Hub City, his name is Phil Black, and he's originally from Rossville. Um, and I'm not really sure what Eric's title is. I, I call him the recruiter. Uh, he's the people person. He, he's the one who hires people. Um, they came to me before the pandemic. They reached out to me. They they were from New Jersey, and I'm not even sure what town, but I know it's somewhere close to New York City, across <laughs> the bay, or something. Um, but they wanted. They were trying to talk their company and and open up a satellite office here so they could get back to Vermillion County where Phil was from. Mm-hmm. But before they did that, they came here and they met with me and they wanted to know what I was teaching, what my teaching philosophy was. Um, what kind of students was I turning out? And it was kind of interesting cause I actually got, it was almost felt like an interview. I had to go to Rossville and I had to meet with their, their CEO, their, their chief executive officer, wow. the chief technology officer. It was almost like an interview. They wanted to know what, you know, what I taught, what, what my philosophy was. Um, and they were, so they got the office, you know, they got the building, they got the office open, then the pandemic hit. So they worked remotely. So they had like a hiring freeze, but their goal at that time, they told me was 40 programmers in Vermont County. Which wow. is really, really, and good. that
0: small space. That, right. I yeah, yes. that is a really small space if you've ever been by it. Yes, so.
1: but I think they might be looking at expanding. Yeah, you know. So yeah. really, this would be cool. You know, if someone, you know, I I don't have any connections like at an Advantage or anything, but with technology like that, all you need is a building and internet. Mm-hmm. That's it. And even you don't even actually need a building if you let people work remote, but they, they still yeah. believe in working in the office and collaborating together. And so they just now, so they've, you know, they've kind of got, and what they do is so cutting edge, like they said, there's no college in the country that teaches what they do. So there's just certain foundational skills they're looking for. And they said they used to hire, they were, wherever they were at, they were close to Rutgers University, they would hire computer science students who couldn't code. Wow. Because they learned so much theory they couldn 't code, so mm-hmm. then they started exploring you know community colleges, and you know so that 's what they want they want people who can code and who can think um, so like I said what they, and they said they 'll teach them the rest because what they do is nobody else can do um, and they just did hire m- uh, one of my, my students who's graduating in May, Joey Surgent, um, and Joey's a vet, but um, so he's starting the, well he's actually working there now and they're letting him finish you know they're working on his schedule to finish um, and they, they start them out at pretty good money, too. So right here in Vermain County. That's awesome. So, time, for time for Dak Attack.
2: So we have this little game at the end of every interview that we, it's like this or that questions, and you just have yep. to answer as fast as you can. Oh, yes. geez. <laughs> Do you want to okay, start? Yeah. Okay. So, ready? Yes. <laughs> Eggs or toast? Toast.
0: Online or in person? In person.
2: Ice cream or snow cone?
0: Ice cream. Music or podcasts?
2: Music. Cake or pie?
0: Cake, email or letter. Letter, (laughs) believe (laughs) it or not.
2: Phone or desktop.
0: Phone. Train or plane. Plane.
2: Coffee or tea. Tea.
0: Thank you so much, Kathy. We really appreciate you being in here today.
2: Yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you guys for listening. And this has been Datcast
0: with Aaron and Landon. Stay
2: classy, Jaguars.